Some big news courtesy of The Athletic's Andrew Baggerly, Farhan Zaidi has taken a break from the Giants' managerial search. Why did he do so? Why did he travel thousands of miles away during this break? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, so please check us out there, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. And coming up on today's show, I apologize for, um, I was going to try, I was I attempted to make today's show a live stream. I I was not able to figure it out. And so we had to just go non-live stream today, but I promise you I will figure it out soon and we will get that going hopefully on a regular basis. But just jumping right into the content, like I said, Farhan Zaidi, big news courtesy of Baggerly, like Zaidi's taking a break. The managerial search is the big thing, but he's not doing it right now. Why not? Well, it's not out of laziness. It's not a vacation. Didn't travel to Japan to take a vacation. Farhan Zaidi went to Japan to see in person Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the best pitcher in Japan, I believe. Or at the very least, I mean, that's the thing about the Japanese league there is that these players more and more are on par with the major league talent like and and some of them more so i mean you look at a shohei otani of course and you're talking about he's he was the best player in japan and then he became uh the best player in the in the major leagues as well and yoshinobu yamamoto is just gonna be kind of a major significant player to watch this offseason and it is so significant that zaidi went to osaka japan uh, according to Andrew Baggerly, again, of the, of the Athletic, who says, quote, Zaidi was on hand at the Kiyosera Dome in Osaka on Wednesday, two days ago, to watch Oryx ace Yoshinobu Yamamoto start for the Buffaloes in game one of their semifinal series against the Shiba Lot Marines. Team and league sources confirmed. Yamamoto didn't have his best game. Gave up five runs on 10 hits, striking out nine, though, in seven innings. Um, the line score did nothing. This is continuing the quote here, by the way. Likely did nothing to damper enthusiasm for the 25-year-old right-hander whose combination of stuff and command is otherworldly. Yamamoto is expected to be posted in a matter of weeks and might be the most coveted player on the free agent market after Shohei Otani, end quote. And then later on in the uh, article by Baggerly in The Athletic, he says, quote, according to a source familiar with the uh, negotiations. Oh, th- sorry. This is this is not the right quote. This is 
about Yamamoto as I move on. So he's talking about Kodai Senga last offseason and that uh, the Giants, according to sources familiar with negotiations, the Giants did not receive a final opportunity to counter the Mets offer because Senga was keen on joining a Mets rotation that included Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer when the season began. After trading both future Hall of Fame pitchers, the Mets cannot offer that enticement to Yamamoto now. And this is a quote from Baggerly, quote, and there's a sense within the industry that the Giants won't allow another team to outbid them for his Yamamoto's services, end quote. And so the first thing I want to say is this sounds a lot a lot like something we heard last offseason when it came to Aaron Judge, that famous quote that I thought was so stupid because it was like the person who said it didn't even say it right. They said the Giants, it's, it, it was some guy who was claimed to be familiar with people in the Giants ownership group circle and said that the he was just some reporter out of New Jersey who said the Giants won't be underbid for Aaron Judge. And this got this took off. And I, I feel like people, even Giants fans, I mean, maybe even especially Giants fans, took that as like, People are coming at me on Twitter and and just I see these comments all the time like they promised that they were going to be that they wouldn't be overbid. But of course, this was just some random dude out of New Jersey who said this some he was a reporter for just some random New Jersey like paper. So first of all, underbid is the wrong word, which was your first red flag that this guy might not know what he's talking about. You want to say overbid. They won't be overbid is what he meant. Um, But coming from Andrew Baggerly is entirely different is the point that I want to make. Like this is not the same thing as hearing that from some random New Jersey reporter. We're hearing it from Andrew Baggerly who doesn't, he doesn't say stuff like this usually. And so to say there's sense a sense within the industry that the Giants won't won't allow another team to outbid them for his services. That is strong language, and we're talking about. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's the best current player in Japan, but if you look at the numbers, they're otherworldly. And we discussed this yesterday, but and I, I wasn't entirely positive, but now it's confirmed via this article. He is in fact just 25 years old, so. I have also discussed when the Giants have gone out and sought to acquire free agent players to big, massive contracts, which they've done just a few times um, under Farhan Zaidi that we know of with Bryce Harper and with Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. And then let's just say the extension to Logan Webb, because it was we're talking deals longer than three years, say Bryce Harper, they offered 12 years. Aaron Judge, nine years. Uh, Carlos Correa, 13 years. And with Logan Webb, there was a year of team control already, and then they added five more years. So essentially guaranteeing six years. And there's a common thread with all of these players, and that is that they're younger. You're not giving, uh, they're not, they're not giving. Uh, longer deals to pitchers or players who are already like in their 30s, right? They're, we just haven't seen that. But a pitcher who Farhan Zaidi literally called like a couple weeks ago to Alex Pavlovich on his podcast 
he called Yamamoto one of the best pitchers on the planet. And he said, I know that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not. And then he's there. He, he literally went to Japan on Wednesday. I mean, I don't know when he went, but he was in attendance on Wednesday uh, for a game in which Yamamoto pitched. And I'm assuming, I don't know if he can meet with him at this point in time, but, uh, and this, we're going to talk about this later, but we had Pete Patella in Korea scouting or looking at or paying respects to Jung Hoo Lee because he was finishing, he wasn't even playing. He was just kind of having a last game because he, he was dealing with an ankle injury. And so to, to just, just to be there, I think, is kind of the point. And to, to, to kind of show the player your interest is genuine because you're the top kind of decision maker in the organization when it comes to baseball operations. And you're there in attendance and you want to hopefully have face-to-face meeting with this guy if you're there. I don't know if that's allowed, but it's definitely interesting. And that quote about there's a sense in the industry that they won't allow another team to outbid them here they they know they need to do something right they clearly they need to get better on the field because what what we've seen the last two years isn't good enough but also they know that they're losing fan interest and so and also Farhan Zaidi knows that his job's on the line and he can't afford to have another season like the last two. And so it's going to be a fascinating offseason. The managerial search is fascinating, but so is this. And it's just a pause um, because they're kind of waiting on some other external candidates who are not yet available to interview for a couple of various reasons. But also in this report by Baggerly, a juicy nugget that the Giants are in fact interested in Bob Melvin to potentially be their manager next year. So we will get into that reporting in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There is so much uncertainty in the world today. We just lived through an insane pandemic, first of all. Um, And it's just, it taught us, it should have taught us that it's really important to be prepared. We've got unrest in the Middle East, fires in Hawaii, hurricanes and tornadoes in Florida, the threat of earthquakes always looming in the Bay Area, and these can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get medications in a timely matter. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. I picked up a Jace case myself. I'm about to travel internationally and the peace of mind of having these antibiotics in, in case something comes up, in case the unexpected comes up and I'm in a foreign country, I have them on hand and you can always communicate with a doctor uh, directly through, uh, through Jace Medical. And so go to jacemedical.com right now and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount. On your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. All right, here we go. We are going to get into this other report. Andrew Baggerly has the goods. Like, he's just kind of 
we we need this. We need this as Giants fans getting this kind of content. Hopefully it is a I mean, you're going to get a new manager this offseason. You're going to get probably a lot of new coaches this offseason. And like I said, they they cannot just not they can't just do nothing. They just can't. If they do I just don't see it. I think they're going to do stuff like major stuff this off season. So it's not like a promise and it's, it just feels different. It's not like, Oh, they're set up well to do something. It's more like, well, if they don't do anything, then they're going to be in the same position they were just in. And Farhan Zaidi is going to probably get fired. And, and why would he want to put himself in that position? So Anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday. We will be back with the very latest. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll try out the live episode thing. I would anticipate there's going to be some uh, fresh news over the weekend in regards to the managerial search and other nuggets as those are trickling out here. As we get closer to the World Series and then five days later, uh, I mean, they want to have a manager in place by that point. And so it's all coming up soon. Anyway, but this report that the Giants are interested in Bob Melvin is certainly very interesting because um, at first there was speculation that the Giants would be interested in Melvin and that maybe Bob Melvin would be fired after the Padres had a obviously disappointing season. They did kind of rally to finish just over 500 and ahead of the Giants. But I mean, that team was so loaded. So many people thought they might be the best team in baseball or at least the National League and certainly a threat to win the division. And they didn't come close. They won 80. They were 18 games behind the Dodgers. And so there was speculation that maybe even A.J. Preller, their GM or uh, uh, their manager, Bob Melvin, would be fired. But the Padres kind of came out and said that Bob Melvin is our manager for next season. And so the thing is, here's, here's what Baggerly says. Let's just, let's just stick with Bags because he's got the goods here. Bags says, quote, it's not a carefully guarded secret within the industry that there's more bubbling beneath the surface, underneath the surface. In their comprehensive story in September that detailed the Padres' dysfunction, this past season, the Athletics Dennis Lynn and Ken Rosenthal quoted one player who described the relationship between Preller and Melvin as unfixable, quote, unfixable, end quote. And so Melvin is under contract for one more year. And so firing him, if you know there might be interest from other teams in hiring him, wouldn't really make any sense. Like, because they this doesn't happen often but you can you if a manager is under contract say for another year they that team can trade the manager to another team to another team so if the giants are interested in melvin they the fact that melvin is under contract with the padres they'd have to first get permission and in order to get permission they'd probably have to say yeah we'll give you something in return if we do hire him or maybe even give them something just for the opportunity to interview him. And so anyway, that is just a very interesting kind of statement. And I mean, 
I don't know if Baggerly is citing a source in terms of the Giants' interest in uh, in Bob Melvin, but or if he's just kind of speculating. But it did sound by the tone of the article. I just can't remember, and I, I wrote down a bunch of the quotes, and I don't see anything about it. But that it does seem legitimate, and for for a good reason. Like I understand my initial reaction was that I I didn't think it was the best fit. I just the fact that Melvin struggled with this team uh, in San Diego that was so loaded with superstars, like why is he the best person to fix the Giants? Well, I can see the argument. I can see the argument because he is a well-respected veteran manager who like immediately commands respect uh, by players and could, you know, he has the, he has the authority to like push back against the front office. He also has a past relationship with Farhan Zaidi, which I think is important. They worked together in Oakland when, when Zaidi was with the Oakland A's, Bob Melvin was there for some of that time. And Bob Melvin had a lot of success in Oakland and, um, you know, his career record is very, very good. And so, you know, and, and also being the manager of the A's, he's well familiar with kind of incorporating, like if you, somebody said to me, I think it was on Twitter, may have been elsewhere, but that like, if Giants fans don't like platoons, then they're not going to like Bob Melvin. And that's true to an extent because in Oakland, they platoon as well. And in San Diego, they had their platoons as well. But you know, like I always say, it's platoon players who get platooned. If the front office gives you platoon players, a good manager uses them in a platoon. The One of the main issues with the Giants is they don't have enough kind of impact players who are not platoon players. And But that doesn't mean like if you have Jock Peterson, you're a good manager if you just let him play every day. I would say that makes you a bad manager. And no manager, like no manager in the game would treat him that way uh, if they were in their right mind, really. if It doesn't take a genius. You can just watch a random Jock Peterson at bat against a lefty. Yeah, he'll get a hit sometimes, but he does not look comfortable ever against a left-handed pitcher. And so anyway, that's not to say, oh no, Bob Melvin is just going to be another Gabe Kapler. It's, he's very different. And he has that... Um, instantly kind of commands the respect and uh like there wouldn't just be this uneasy feeling that I think Gabe Gabe Kapler gave off to a lot of fans and maybe even some players and also there's this other angle to it that once again our <laughs> savior Andrew Baggerly uh mentioned in this piece talking about uh Melvin's basically close relationships with players out of Asia. Like he's main, he, I think, I guess he was managing the Mariners when Ichiro was there. I didn't actually even know that. I, I didn't realize he was managing the Mariners back then. Um, I was pretty young, but uh, he also in San Diego has had a good relationship with Yu Darvish and a good relationship with Ha Sung Kim. And 
Kim was the best player coming out of Korea, as is Jung Hoo Lee, a player the Giants are interested in. And Yamamoto, the best player coming out of Japan, or at least this offseason, and maybe like, um, like was mentioned earlier, the second best free agent outside of Shohei Otani, who's also, by the way, from Japan, this connection with Melvin gets all the more interesting. So we will explore that angle in a little bit more detail and why it could give him an edge, but who the other external candidates are and whether the Giants are likely to go internal or external with this managerial hire. We'll get into all of that in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good, good friends over at Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are in full swing. I just witnessed a great game between the Rangers and the Astros, Game 5. Man, that was quite a game. But the clock is ticking on your chance to win up to 100 times your money because we're getting close to the World Series here. Um, and you're going to get 100, 100, up to 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now, like in this very moment. These games are incredible. The talent level is off the charts. And what you can do is just pick a game. There's only two games going on right now. And scroll through, pick any player that you like, and simply select more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. If you get your picks right, you could win big. One thing that I love about the app is that entries can be made in under a minute. It's just super quick and easy. You just kind of scroll through. It's really like elegant and simple to look at. The design is really good and uh, it's really, really simple and really, really fun. And if you use promo code locked on, you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. All right, here we go. We are going to discuss this other angle with Bob Melvin, this recruiting angle, which Farhan Zaidi has talked about as a top priority when searching for a new manager. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday, the latest on the managerial search and any other news and notes that come out over the weekend. I, I do anticipate that and perhaps I will figure out the live streaming thing. So just be on the lookout for that as well. Certainly within the next week, I would imagine that I am able to figure that out. So this angle of Melvin uh, being a good recruiter. So Jung-Hoo Lee out of Korea, totally different, obviously, situation than Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And uh, what Baggerly says, quote, according to a source familiar with the Korean market, Lee will be motivated to sign with a team that will commit to using him in an everyday role and exhibit the patience to let him work through potential slumps. And so on first reading, that might sound like not the Giants, because I think everybody assumes every player that they ever have is going to be a platoon player. But the point that Baggerly makes regarding Bob Melvin is that think about Ha Sung Kim. What I remember about Ha Sung Kim is that in his first season over here from Korea, where he was the league's best player there, he really struggled. He really struggled in his first season here. But the last two years under Bob Melvin, I'm not saying that uh, Ha Sung Kim's 
development and improvement is just like the result of Bob Melvin. But what I am saying and what Baggerly points out correctly is that Melvin let him be an everyday player, especially this year. And, um, you know, if you look at the platoon splits, he's been much better against lefties, but he's been solid against righties. And so I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, duh, you play this guy every day because his defense is so good. And I've said this a million times, like part of being a platoon player means probably that you're not the best defensive player because that's why guys like Brandon Crawford has generally avoided being platooned. It's when you're, if you're providing like really good defensive value at a premium position, even if you're weaker against a certain handedness of pitcher, uh, they still, that's how you be, be an everyday player. That's one way to be an everyday player is what I mean. And so for Ha Sung Kim, he's an incredible defensive player. And so even if he's not as good against right-handed pitching as he is against left, it still totally makes sense to have him be an everyday player, given that he's such a difference maker with the glove, no matter what, not, you know, we're not talking about offense. And so for Jung Hu Lee, though, it may be a similar situation. I haven't like scouted him extensively, but I do know that he's a center fielder with multiple equivalents of the gold glove award to his name in Korea. I think he's a left-handed hitter purely, but uh, if you're that good defensively, which by the way, the Giants and Farhan Zaidi and this end of season presser talked about improving the outfield defense, then if he truly is a really good defensive center fielder, then I don't know, Bob Melvin just having a relationship with Ha Sung Kim and Ha Sung Kim probably having some kind of a relationship with Jung Hoo Lee and maybe you hire Bob Melvin and then Ha Sung Kim can, if if Lee is considering the Giants, uh, Kim can give a ringing endorsement of Bob Melvin. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the idea there. So I don't know. The fact is the managerial search remains uh, up in the air. The Giants have interviewed, according to Baggerly, three internal candidates. Uh, Kai Correa and others have reported this as well. Bench coach Kai Correa, third base coach Mark Hallberg, and assistant coach Alyssa Nacken. And then he says, while also continuing to consider longtime coach and special advisor Ron Wotus. So that just sounds like, like, what does that mean? He hasn't interviewed, but they're continuing to consider him. Um, I've said, I don't think Correa gets it. I don't think Nacken gets it. I don't think Wotus gets it. I really don't think Hallberg gets it either. And then Baggerly does continue to say, quote, but the expectation continues to be that the Giants will will favor an external candidate who can bring a fresh and independent perspective. Former MLB catcher and current Seattle Mariners coach Stephen Vogt is scheduled to interview this week as the Chronicle first reported. So that's that's a little weird because this article came out on Thursday. So I guess that meant I thought that it had happened last week. Maybe it was either yesterday or today. But Baggerly continues, quote, The Giants continued to wait on two other prominent potential candidates. Donnie Ecker, who served as the Giants hitting coach in 2010 and 11, will not be available to interview with other clubs until the Texas Rangers conclude their season. Ecker is in the final, uh, excuse me, Ecker is in his second season as the Rangers offensive coordinator. I will add, he's not just the offensive coordinator. He's also the bench coach. Baggerly continues, quote, 
and could be a candidate to fill the Mets managerial vacancy. But I would say Craig Council, if he doesn't renew with the Brewers, is likely to probably to be that guy for me, maybe. Um, and if it's not, then Council should be a candidate with the Giants. And then that's when Baggerly says, then there is the potential candidate looming over everything, San Diego Padres manager Bob Melvin. So needless to say, none of this is boring. We've got an interesting and fascinating and fun offseason ahead with the Giants. Um, I mean, just searching for a new manager is always an exciting time. It's like a in a way, it's like bad because your organization, I mean, the Giants haven't fired a manager in forever. It has been, I I don't remember when it was, but it was before the turn of the century. Somebody tell me what I, I'm, I did read it somewhere, but you know, none of these guys were fired. They all played out their contracts like Dusty Baker, Felipe Alou, obviously Bruce Bochy with uh, retiring and then Gabe Kapler comes along and he's the first to be fired in a very long time. And so this is kind of a not unprecedented, but unprecedented in quite a while situation for the San Francisco Giants to be in. And I think a lot of fans weren't too happy with Kapler. And so in a way, it's like an exciting time because you hope that they get this right. And it's really important that they get this right. And so I don't know what the right choice is. I've I've done an episode called like a vote for vote. I love Stephen vote. Um, I don't know though if they want to go with someone who's totally inexperienced in terms of he's never managed before. Uh, Donnie Ecker, super intriguing to me. The, the three guys I think who stand out probably to me the most are, I mean, if Craig Council's available, I would add him to the list, but Donnie Ecker, given how good of a, offensive help he seems to be anywhere he goes uh so donnie ecker and uh steven vote because he's just such an amazing people person but i don't know about the managerial skill and like the coaches he would hire i'm not sure i think maybe that makes him a weaker candidate even though i like him so much and then bob melvin is kind of a dark horse and very different in that he has decades of experience being a major league manager and strong Bay area ties. The dude went to Menlo Atherton high school, which by the way, so did I. So local guy. I mean, I, we, we literally, he and I literally went to the same high school. So uh, it's going to be fascinating and we will be there to cover it every step of the way. And it should be resolved. Like I'm always looking at this, but by five, you know, the World Series within two weeks, like we may be about at a resolution here. So then the then free agency begins. We get opt out decisions have to be made within a few days of the World Series ending. So we'll find out about is Conforto coming back, is Manaya coming back, all that. And then free agency starts and then people get posted like Yamamoto. And then there's a deadline for that to be. Uh, worked out for them to sign with somebody. So it's all going to happen and we're going to be there every step of the way to cover it. So thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on Monday, the latest. And also maybe uh, working out the live stream thing and just stay tuned. Come back. There's always going to be trickles of news and you won't want to miss it. So I look forward to seeing you then. Once again, 
My name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you so much to everyone who's done so already. Have a great weekend. I cannot wait to be with you again on Monday. I can't wait to know what it is I'm going to tell you on Monday or speak with you about on Monday. So thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.